Welcome to episode 9 of season 2 of Matire Gemi, a bi-weekly podcast where we help you learn the Agikoyo culture, history and heritage in English and in a fun, light-hearted way. I'm your anchor, Jerry Wadiho Mojiro Wabareya Kihara. And today, as always, I'm joined by Wayaki and King Oriwa Kanyi. Now, today's episode is an interesting one because we will be tackling a topic that has been asked of us multiple times through season one and season two. We'll be tackling the topic of single parenthood. And in particular, we'll be exploring this whole idea of single parenthood from the perspective of the pre-colonial Mogekoyo. What was their view on single parenthood? We'll also be digging into some delicious subjects such as goiko and its purpose in terms of sexual education and its role in marriage and relationships. So if you don't know what goiko is, I encourage you to keep listening. Now, we'll also talk about meruru. We'll define what meruru is and and how it came about when a child was born out of wedlock. What is it and how was it resolved by the pre-colonial Moyekoyo? So if you don't know what meruru is, then you should stay tuned to learn more. Thank you for being here and lean back and enjoy the conversation with Waiyaki and Kingori as we explore this topic that is relevant today, but also understanding how our ancestors viewed this topic. Enjoy. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and jump in and let's start with the usual introduction. So, Wayaki, why don't you do a quick introduction of yourself? Thanks, Njeri. Jetawa Wayaki Wage Shaga, Mushara Wabarea Muturi, Marikamawada Nidewa Mwagi, Gashiarone Maina, Demoihuana Airimo Abarea Bogo. And yeah, thank you so much for uh, having me. I always love hearing your introduction with, you know, you have this bass, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And then I switch to soprano. (laughs) (laughs) I never know which Wayaki is showing up. Wow. (laughs) Oh, Kingori, please introduce yourself. Uh, Once again, Oyone Kingori Wakanyi, Moboywa Barea Marigo, Wageta Kukia Moruga. Dewa Marika Mawadhani de Mwagi, Gashirone Maina. I'm glad to be here, uh, Jerry. I love it. Thank you. I'm just curious if you're on Geza at the base, Kidogo. <laughs> too much. Yeah, yeah, I had too much. Hey, man, I can't be, <laughs> can't be left behind. <laughs> energy. energy. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. That's the energy. Ah. He's setting, Wayaki is setting the pace. He's setting the pace. I love it. Yeah. Okay, guys. So today I want to talk about a question or I want to ask you guys a question in terms of how our society has shifted. I remember when I was growing up, we did not have a lot of single motherhood. And today, we actually have a lot of single motherhood, right? Which is, uh, we're not here to, to make any, uh, any comments on that. We feel that single mothers are doing everything they can to be good parents. Single fathers are doing everything that they can to be good parents. So my question for you is this. 
when we think about the pre-colonial Moyekoyo, was there single motherhood or single parenthood? So, Jerry, such a great question and, you know, a big one for our time. Um, like you growing up, I never uh, used to see a lot of single mothers. In fact, whenever you came across a family that had a single mother scenario, you know, th- there was some stigma associated with that. Um, and it's not fair, you know. Um, single mothers do a lot for their families. They tend to be both, uh, play the roles of both parents and beyond, and they're very strong and capable people. Um, but they don't have to be, right? And that's where we go to looking at um, our Ogekoyo and looking back and saying, hey, what, what has changed? Why are we seeing more single mothers? And just to paint a picture, I was looking at um, uh, some statistics from McGill University. Uh, that's the one in Canada, one of those Ivy Leagues, I think. Um, Was that uh, about Kenyan? Kenyans? About Kenya, yeah. Okay. Kenya in particular. They had done a, a research that uh, stated that uh, 30% of our women were single mothers prior to being married, right? Yeah. So there was 30%. And by the age 45, that number had gone up from 30% to 59.5. So if essentially 60%. So really 60% of our women by the age 45, whether it's because they never got married or they got divorced or maybe they're, they're widowed, um, they're ending up being single mothers. It's such a huge number. And 60% says that all of us are affected. You know, you're either from a single parent, single mother home or your sister is or your daughter is going to be or is and you know and so or on and so forth one, someone right or you're one yeah or you're yeah. part of one yeah. exactly our generation this is now such a common issue um uh, you know n- we are all affected by it and it's it is it is a it's a huge issue because when we look back a hundred years when we you know pre-colonial times i would probably put that number at below one percent mm. you know of especially in Mogekoyo society, uh, Mogekoyo society, if you uh, were a single mother back then, it was a big, big deal. And it was something that the community saw as uh, having been a failure on the community itself for not having put the right systems or not being, not having served you the right way or not having given you the right wisdom uh, to steer you away from it. So th- yeah. there was an entire institution uh, that went into preventing premarital marriages in particular and divorce as well. Yeah. So if I can actually just add to that, which is interesting, is that I remember in one of our episodes, especially episode 8, 9 and 10 of season 1, we really did talk about the male and female relationship the man and the woman, the roles and the responsibilities back then. But one thing that was continuously underlying that relationship was mutual respect, right? Mutual respect for each other and each other's contributions, right? So I can really understand how that and our culture, like you're saying, uh, really resulted in less than a 1% single parenthood. So, but what, what back then... So maybe this is a question for you, Wayaki. Back then, mm-hmm. what actually caused 
single motherhood to happen. Or parenthood, I should say parenthood. Or oh, single parenthood, yeah. Um, that's, that's a very broad question. Uh, but, you know, it's sort of obvious, you know, it was premarital sex. You know, I guess <laughs> that's a very um, easy answer to easy answer to the question. But, you know, let's let's delve deeper into why it happened, mm-hmm. you know, or the view of the Mogekoyo on, you know, marriage, which we've talked about. We've talked, we had a few episodes about marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we model our, we've modeled our relationships, um, our marriage relationships on the relationship of Ekoyo and Mobi and how they formed their family unit, how they got their nine daughters and how their daughters got their husbands. And, you know, we've also talked about what is the Mogekoyo's kind of highest uh, purpose, which is Ire and Ireti. We've talked about those in previous episodes. So childbirth uh, or, uh, or, or the act of sex or sexual education was viewed as a very high um, uh, calling, mm-hmm. you know. It wasn't so the morality because now we're going to get into the morality aspect or discuss what was the morality or the sexual morality of the Mogekoyo of the pre-colonial Mogekoyo. They viewed sex as very sacred. They viewed it as, uh, and when I say they, uh, you know, we are Mogekoyo and we should view it as. But speaking about that. Speaking about the pre-colonial Mogekoyo, they viewed sex as the act of creation, right? So, so sexual education was very important to teach, not just adults, uh, because if you think about how, you know, we are all in a similar age set, so to speak. How did we learn about sex in high school or or college? You know, we learned it through various things: TV, talking to our friends listening to it on the uh, on music we never had sexual education uh, taught at home you know so it was it was um, a very different scenario back in the pre-colonial time where the like sexual education for young men and young women was a, was an institution on its own it was it was uh, taken very seriously and you know it wasn't uh, taboo to talk about sex. It wasn't embarrassing to talk about sex mm. as it is to today. With with where our parents are just like you learn about sex in school through biology or whatever you or, learn about it. <laughs> or you learn about it watching watching uh, uh, R and B videos or watching <laughs> the the Mexican soaps. You know, it, it was very 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 different, and yeah. we, and we'll get into it. And you know, I'm loving what you're saying, which is there was no shame attached to the discussion of sex, right? Because this, uh, the discussion of sex did not carry the weight, right? That we have it carried today primarily as a result of religion, right? I love that, that we had so much uh, sexual education that you guys will re- uh, reflect on later. But it was I also want to add this thing, which was fascinating because it was about two episodes ag- ago when we were talking about um, Roratio and the fact that when there was uh, a, a child born out of wedlock, 
there were consequences to both the man and the woman, right? So that's how our culture really handled it in a really balanced way, which I think is very beautiful of our culture. So maybe I really want to ask this question, right? So because a lot of times we've gotten a lot of questions from our audience in terms of marriage. And we got questions around uh, what happened when a single mom wanted to get married. So can I just throw that in? What happened back then? Well, I think we need to continue to unpack a little bit, if we could, around um, what it was to be, first of all, a single mother, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Before you get to the point where you want to get married. And... um, and to be able to understand, you know, how the Mugekoyo thought about single parenthood or single motherhood in particular. And by the way, single parenthood, um, where a man is the one taking care of the children, would have been extremely rare, uh, unless we're talking about a widower. Um, but as far as premarital sex is concerned, this was almost always, and I, say, I can say 100% of the cases would have been, it would have been the burden of this young lady to take care of that child. Um, but to prevent that burden from falling on this chi- on this young lady, um, we used to have an institution called Goeko. Mm. And today, Goeko is actually a dirty word. You know, people, <laughs> is it? You, you say, yeah, in, 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 among the Goeko, you say Goeko and people think sex in general. Mm. Um, but it doesn't mean that. Goeko was actually an institution or that we can say was... Um, Really, if if there's a word that can carry the meaning, it would be maybe sex play. If you're talking about what is happening, uh, or or foreplay, um, and so this is where um, I, you know, young man and young woman, after having gone through uh, initiation into becoming men, they had this period of time, several years. For young men, it was longer. It was maybe nine years. For young women, could be anywhere from three to four to six years where they were in the field of singlehood mm-hmm. and they were playing the field. They were meeting. Mm-hmm. They were hanging out. They were dancing. And yes, they had this um, uh, foreplay that they used to do. And if I can just mention a little bit about it, um, you know, it, it, you know, we're talking about um, something that is very well sanctioned both parties would have learnt a lot about it during um, circumcision and the days that followed, and they would continue to be given kerera around it. It was so important that even the young men had to first give... There are, there are some goats we call borishia, uh, that, that, borishia she, that were given to Nyarome, some, so that when the, when the young man was uh, going to get circumcised and even after. Shiamato, thank you very much. Shiamato, mm-hmm. Nyarome. They were given to the Nyarome. Nyarome is the maternal uncle. Mm-hmm. And one of those goats, I think there were six of them, one of them was called Borianyodo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, meaning, uh, you know, it was given in order for the young man to have access to breast, you know, literally. And so... Um, what this was was the thing that once he once that goat was given, it they would be given the kerera, the wisdom, the knowledge on how to control themselves and how to engage with young women in a way that was mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. And so we're talk. And so what 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 is this mutual benefit? You know, it really was a situation where young men and young women would would date. They would 
go to the young lady's home, right? And they would spend time together where the young man would strip naked and the young lady would strip to the waist and convert her her garments, you know, all three pieces of them into a, a form of a chastity belt. Mm-hmm. And then the two lovers would spend an evening together or afternoon where they would do this, uh, you know, get into this uh, foreplay. Um, and, you know, this, you know, have, you know, talk sweet nothings, have a, have, have a warm time together. Romance. Have romance. a romance. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at the end of it, you know, sleep and wake up and go about their business. <laughs> and there would be no sexual penetration of any kind uh, that was allowed. Uh, during this time, what this was meant to do was many fold, but one of those one of the things they're supposed to do is learn how to uh, control their sexual energy while at the same time engage with it you know mm. engage with the sexual energy, understand themselves, understand their body, understand their the other sex's body. And, you know, and learn that this is normal. These are normal things, but don't go past a particular point. Mm. Now, there, we, there's, this is a whole lesson in itself. Wait, isn't but, that going to be in your book, King Ori? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. you know, so, so you're dropping gems over here. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we, we'll cover some of that in an upcoming book. Yeah, thank you, Jerry. <laughs> but but yes. So the um, the the this institution was very very powerful in that it allowed for people to engage and learn, and there was a lot of training and and mentorship that went into into uh, into, into into this play before they got to this point where they were engaging with one another. This was a very very. Um, joyful and um, playful time for these people. Um, but it wasn't without consequence if you failed to abide by it. And this is where now we need to talk about it. You know, when, if, you know, if and when a young man made the mistake of pressuring a young lady to get to the point where they both failed their vows, by the way, there were vows around this issue, ah. right? And they went past the point and they had this intercourse. Uh, child or no child, uh, there were consequences, mm-hmm. even if they did not give, uh, have a child. If a young lady were to go tell their aunt or her friends or someone else that, hey, that young man pressured me and this is what happened, it was such a big deal. Such a big deal that the young man, remember we're talking about JAMA, which is the Council of Young Men. The young man would be called by their jama if they were found out. They would be put, um, you know, they would be even sometimes kicked out of the jama, cast aside. Um, if young women knew that you had done this to one other young lady, they could, they would stop dating you. You would never find someone in that community who would agree to be married to you because you had now been known and outed as someone who was without discipline. Um, so, and it, so it was such a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't even understate how big of a deal it was. And the, and the consequences for the young men were very, very high. If the young lady got pregnant, then they even doubled, right? Because once you've been found out that you're the father of this child, mm-hmm. then um, there would be a huge kiss 
for you to answer. Elders would sit you down. There would be fines to pay. There would be all manner of things happen. And really, you it would be a bad. You would have a bad name in the community as a young man. But of course, we cannot, um, you know, understate the impact to the young lady as well, especially when there was a ch- when, when there was a child being born out of this scenario. It was a very painful period for this young lady. Um, you know, they now had been known as not being. Uh, one that valued their chastity. Um, they had, you know, their name had, you know, their name had been spoiled in the community. Um, it was not all lost for both of the, the both the young man and the young lady, but they had some, um, tro- you know, some stigma here to first overcome, uh, and then they can move on with their lives. But the burden now would be left mainly with the young lady even if the fines had been paid. And there were hefty fines, you know. There will be plenty of uh, goats that were being paid by this young man if if the young man decided that they did not want to get married. Mm-hmm. But if they both wanted to get married, then this would kind of be a quick repair uh, to the situation after the child had been born. So let's assume they don't get married. Now we have a single mother and the young man has gone their way, being shamed, uh, and now we have a single mother in this situation. I guess this is what your question comes in. The single mother wants to get married, then what? And maybe, Oyaki, if you don't mind, you can you can talk about that a little bit. Let me pause the podcast here and say something. So this institution of Gweko was a very serious stage in a young man and a young woman's life. It wasn't ever taught to children. I'll say that again. It was never taught to children. So the Mogekoyo would live in nature and live in harmony with nature and would observe nature and would observe bodily changes that were happening to their children and use that natural wisdom and that natural observation to know when to expand their children's consciousness, when to teach them higher things or when to give them higher learning you know it's 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 different with the west where you see um, children being taught about sex at a very young age um, that was not the way of the mogekoyo you know the mogekoyo never wanted to rob their children of the childhood innocence you know the joy of being a child the joy of playing and the joy of wonder and curiosity. I just wanted to make that clear uh, before we continue with the podcast. Now, back to the podcast. Yeah, uh, I'll go back and say one thing. So the Gweko used to happen in the Nyoba. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, right. the Nyoba. It used to happen in the Kerere. Yeah, I remember, mm-hmm. Jerry, we talked about mm-hmm. the, the structure of the woman's ho- of the Nyoba, mm-hmm. the woman's house. So, you know, her bed is on the at the end and the career is on the right and so even if this like this young man would, would would come and spend the night you know so the mother can actually literally hear what what's happening mm-hmm. but it's sanctioned right mm-hmm. you know it the young man had already uh through his father uh paying those bodies and getting the Kerira needed to understand what they were about to engage in with this woman, this romantic relationship, this young girl, romantic relationship. Uh, the young man understood 
the the Megiro understood what not to cross, what to what to do, what not to do, and the consequences. Like they they had to have been taught, like Ingori is saying. So it was a a, a very very uh, you know good institution to teach young men and young women about sexuality and 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 all that. I'll say another thing also. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 act of being able to preserve yourself sexually or to to have a strong willpower from a sexual perspective because you have to think about uh how they used to think about sex it, it it's the act of creation it's it's a godlike act you're creating you know by by having sex they would think about it so seriously so it was a very serious offense just like Ingrid is saying that you know if a uh, pregnancy happened there would be a lot of uh uh issues and you know what i'll say is the process of knowing who the father is uh is called koharaihu you know koharaihu is mm-hmm. to find out who is the father uh of this you know because in a marriage situation you know who the father is mm-hmm. but in this situation there has to be a, an establishment of who the who's the father and how was the and what finds to be to be um uh paid and so on so i know i know king or you said that the first scenario is if the woman did not if they did not get married yeah so let's say we have we have gone through kuharaihu mm-hmm. and um now there is an opportunity the young man is and the young lady are being asked are you both interested in getting married and mm-hmm. they say no for whatever reason no. okay. uh, or one of them say any of them says no and the deal is off um is off, right what so happens? what happens to that young lady moving forward i think that was a question jerry had posed uh to us okay uh so in that situation um you know so the young man pays the fines and if i may talk about the fines the fines uh were in the form of goods like king ori said and it is because if the young man decided that he wasn't going to marry her or the woman did not want to get married to this man those goats uh were to be were to be it's not just a fine like you you pay this fine and you're done those goats would beget other goats and beget other goats and then this child would be provided for right so that was the thinking of the mogekoyo that you know it's not just money it's it's goats that will be get goats because that that was the currency of that day yeah so so it, so for this young uh girl who or young woman who gives birth uh in this situation you know it's viewed that um or, or the mogekoyo's view back then was that if she gave birth uh in the nyoba it would be um one actually you know having sex in the nyoba and she this is not her nyoba this is her mother's house is really uh making um a mockery of her mother's uh altar which which we call our kegogo nights which we we talked about the nyoba and its importance because it's where even the name nyoba is is like it comes it, the etymology of the word is create koba you know so it's it's the place where creation happens you know creation in t- in terms of of um life right so 
it and it's really viewed as sacred and you know so doing something uh that is forbidden in a sacred place makes it uh i guess dirty or is that what meruru is so there was the process of uh there was a ritual that was done to cleanse this situation that has happened yes so so meruru in the class in the in the literal definition is you know the afterbirth of when a child is born that where the child is born the 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 afterbirth is what is is what is called meruru and so you'll hear people saying kohata meruru what is that you know it's like to sweep the meruru out of the house to to clean the 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 place where a child is born and this meruru discussion has you know a very in-depth kerera on when a child is born what happens there's a huge 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 area of knowledge on how the mugekoyo uh took birth very seriously and the rituals around childbearing and giving birth and that's the reason that the man of the house would want to preserve the holiness or the sacredness of and the and the sacredness of the and the integrity of his wife's nyoba because that's a sacred place and so that's that ritual would happen so that um the the man would be able to cleanse this altar mm, is that does that ritual happen today ah uh, yes it's still happening today and and that's the reason that's the that's the reason for for when you hear about meruru what it, i mean we won't go into the details of what happens uh in the in the meruru process but it's so i just want our listeners to understand when they hear kohata meruru what is it it's you know the sacredness of the nyoba and the young girl has had a child before marriage in the nyoba or even if it's in it's not in the nyoba it's in the compound she has really uh salid that her mother's you know sacred place yeah and and just to disambiguate a little bit um we're talking about um not not the dirt alone not this waste you know that one was swept after 8 days of anyone giving birth anyway so we're talking about a spiritual situation and i want you to put your your, your ourselves let's put ourselves in the in in the shoes of uh uh you know mogekoyo from a different time uh it was very important that you had what i call uh spiritual uh hygiene you know what am i trying to say with that um we have a situation here where a shrine like this one of orere and mwaki which was what made the nyoba the woman's nyoba such a special place uh this is a place where only she is supposed to be given birth and when her child gives birth in the same house there is a connotation here or there's some kind of um um understanding that they're now going to share a birthplace and a birth shrine with that this child is going to share that the child being born will share the same birth place and birth shrine with its mother as her 
and and uncles and aunties right so there it's it cos it concerns the whole family mm-hmm. and it is it is the, in kikuyu we say nedahu it has um it has brought in something that is not clean let's just put it that way for lack of better vocabulary in english it has uh desecrated in a way not not in a very terrible manner but it has brought in a question mark like it's all and and even for the father of this young lady who's given birth you know it it is not it, this is not a good thing that the same place where his wife is giving birth now his daughter is giving birth it's almost like he's responsible for that pregnancy there's there's in the spirit there's a connot there's such kinds of connotations that are not very clean so you know think about it as a spiritual hygiene issue that needs to be resolved um at some point so it's not a matter of sweeping you can sweep it will be clean um but the issue is that in the spirit something has been left hanging and it needs to be resolved and so the question now would would beg is how did they do it who would do it why when and so on um it's it's a huge kerera but just to mention it a little just to give a little bit of a of um of a scenario around it um for the most part if this young lady later decided or uh, or met a suitor who they wanted to get married uh and and wanted to move forward and would adopt this child which was very typical in the Ogekoyo society if you had a single mother most of them ended up getting married um then this young man who is coming to marry her would take up the responsibility of being the one to take those meruru to sweep meruru that's what we call kohata meruru so what would happen is a young man once we have started going through the process of rorashio uh one of the things that they would be told is that yep this daughter our daughter had a child of course you you probably already know that and one of the things you're going to have to do is kohata meruru and when the time came to do that usually they would offer uh a, you know a dorome you know uh, a male you know a ram right which had been set aside for these kinds of uh um you know these kinds of ceremonies and that is what would be given a sacrifice at the home of this of this lady and what would happen by giving that sacrifice is that once he marries this young lady it would be seen as if he moved those meruru he moved that um after birth now to the new house that he's going to be having built for his new wife right and so that transference is what was he, was is what we're calling kohata meruru right okay. yes that's what it is it's kind of you've removed the that stigma from your home from your mother's home and you've said you know what i have carried this birth and i've taken it to my own home that now my husband is building for me right. that's really what's happening that is what kohata meruru is about i see it's to to shift the meruru from your mom's nyoba uh, into your exactly. own nyoba with exactly. i see that makes a, a lot of sense oh thank you guys right. for for that mm-hmm. explanation so that's a woman who uh, with our pre-colonial like koyo wanted to get married but what if she never wanted to get married Yeah so or she so never got married right n- uh, never got married at all okay so you know this ca- this creates a very 
a serious situation for the children, the child or children that she may have. Because, you know, more often than not, if she didn't get married, but she was still sexually active, she would bear more children, right? Now, one of the things that we we want every Mogekoyo to have or the Mogekoyo aspire to have or to give everyone was fatherhood. Uh, because, you know, fatherhood, you could trace your genealogy, your lineage. You could you could belong to a family. You could belong to a bari. You could belong to a muherega. You, you could actually trace your, your lineage all the way to Gekoyo and Mobi. So it, fatherhood was is is viewed as a very important thing to have so so if this woman never got married but had children you know these children girls or boys needed fatherhood for their future so and i'm not just talking about literally just having a father in the house they needed uh so in amogekoyo's life you have stages and at each stage you have what is called magogona and you have for every child every child their father represents them in these these rituals like for example in marriage you know in in uh, when a child is going for initiation your father is present step by step taking you through all these stages because he's he's your what the Mugekoyo uh, says is he's, he's like your representative of, of God on earth. He's your Kegodho. Kegodho is, is, is like your, the priest of the house, right? And so if a child lacked fatherhood, they kind of lacked someone who would take them through these processes, right? So this responsibility uh, would be taken on by the woman's brother you know what uh, king Ori mentioned earlier as nyarume you know it would be the responsibility of uh, the brother of the woman to take on the fatherhood role i mean he wouldn't be the, literally the father but he would take on the responsibility of uh, giving these children fatherhood you know representing them during all their through all the magogonas in their life. But now for, for the question comes about this woman, you know, what's her situation? You know, back in the day, we never used to have um, inheritance uh, for women now by in Kenya, but it is by law now women can inherit. So what used to happen back then? So with with that situation, the woman would, what is called when she realizes that maybe she's passed uh, her childbearing years and she's not going to get married or she has no prospects, she would go and ask for a blessing, which is called kohoya kiradimo, literally meaning to ask for a blessing from her parents. And this, this process of asking for a blessing, you know, had its own uh, process and methodology of happening, uh, which it would now create the, uh, like the avenues or it would open uh, the spiritual gate, so to speak, for her children to be able to have their ceremonies. Because, you know, the questions that we received, uh, you, you know, an example would be, 
you know, I am a child of a single mother and I want and I want to get married and I'm a, I'm a girl for example, I want to get married how who is going to receive my rashio and my mother was never married, right? So so you know, with the process of kohoya kiradimo, uh the woman would become uh so to speak like uh a, a son of that that uh of her family of her father so to speak yeah she would take on the role back then because a lot of everything had roles of a man right and in order in order to enable all this to happen for her daughters or her children so in order to do that she then was for lack of a better term baptized into that kind of a role right uh, so to speak yes <laughs> but, eh, eh. but re- remember the reason it's happening is so that one you know the her brother gets that that spiritual role of fatherhood for the children and then two she's able to be provided for uh by her family she she may get a uh, 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 to live on the land uh, and her sons, her sons now can be able to inherit because then, uh, you know, through the process of rebirth, they would be born into the muhiriga of the family, because do you, you realize that they belonged to the paternal uh, lineage, uh, but then the, the father, the biological father, is not present, right? So you know, a lot went on into giving these children fatherhood, which was very important. So, uh, Kenyori, I don't know if you want to add more onto this topic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to add a point that would make it a bit clear. Um, when we were talking about the single, the young man who, had a, who, had, uh, who, was, who, was, who was the father of this child, who was a biological father of this child, when they were given an opportunity to claim the child and said no, and they don't want to marry this young lady, and they went through Koharaihu, there were three Dorome that were given, three different um, uh, Goima, we call them, that were given, um, that were ceremonial. Uh, And then there was uh, a number of uh, other goats that would be given as the price. that, And this would be the cost uh, of this deed, and this is what would be used as the as the wealth that would help raise a child. But of the three goima that he that this young man was asked to give, one of them was actually supposed to be there for the purpose of disconnecting the young man from uh, the child that has been born from the young man's lineage. Right? And so what the what the young man is saying is by giving that goima, they have cut off um he has cut off his links, spiritual links, uh, with that child. Now, it's not a done deal after that. But what happens now is it gives the, the father, it gives the, the uncle, the maternal uncle, uh, some responsibilities over that child immediately, right? And it is not until later that now we're getting to this point where the young, where, the, where, where our single mother now is saying, uh, I'm not going to ever get married and I want my father to bless me, right? And this, this term, we, it has two names in, in Ogekoyo. It's, it's the same, 
It's the same when you hear someone say kohao ya kirathimo for a lady or gotuika kehe kiamushi, right? So to be to be to be deemed a boy versus to get a blessing from the father. It is a one and the same ceremony. And what is what is going to happen here is it is going to give this young lady that uh those you know boy responsibilities and privileges um and allow them to be able to do several things. One of those things is inherit the father's land. Um which usually wouldn't happen for a woman because they were expected to go and be part of the land that the husband would have inherited from their father. Uh but in this case because she's not going to get married, she would now be able to inherit her father's land. The second thing that she would have access to is um to be able to be um someone who is stepping in the place of their children and be able to even be part of their ratio moving forward. In meaning if they if they if they have a daughter that is going to be married, then it can happen and there will be um there will be a a linkage. Remember we keep saying that uh, a mother a daughter can I mean a young lady uh a young lady's ratio had to be similar to their mothers. So now in this case we're saying we're looking at a situation where the single mother never got married. So how does your daughter in turn get married and what is that daughter going to be ratioed for yet you yourself you were never ratioed we never got the ratio this is what this is coming to heal that's that second part what you're saying okay we have to do some things right that will allow that will heal that great that if gap. i remember if you don't mind me asking because if i remember a, a, a father can only request the same amount of ratio as he paid on as he delivered on his wife precisely so if if ratio was not delivered on the single mom then there was there is no number right so they have to heal this they have to heal this and how they used to go about it is what we're calling kohoya keradimo to go ask for the blessing and it used to be remember in we 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 said in ratio there are many pieces there is runo or burishia mirogo which is the 100 you know goats 99 plus 1 goats right um and then there is uh, uh what we used to call muatena uh, harika which is kohada ivege and then we have maha or idoshia moherega which is uh, many other things that included uh the the rohiroa jora you know the sword you know the 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 ropes the this all this we had a long list of things no go you know nowadays is safurias you'll see fine china being thrown into a list all those things were called maha and there were many and after all that there were these five dorome these five goima that were called goima shiamohiriga all of that was part of maha and then after that you have gurario right so of all these things when this young lady is going to ask for a blessing they're not going to take muatena harika because no one is speaking for her but they have to take something they're not going to to take their 100 goats because then she's not really being rashiriod and she cannot rashia for herself that's why we say she's going to to get keradimo she's going to get blessings and she's not going to rashia for herself and 
Uh, so the things that she has to bring are these things called maha. All these things called maha, with exceptions of a few items, most of them she's going to bring for her to her father. All these are and to her mother, right? So the five goima, the five dorome, which there was a big, big party where her family used to come and bless her, her extended family, right? That's still going to happen. They're going to come. They're going to give those five goima. There's going to be a big party. Her family is going to bless her. They're going to agree with her father that they have blessed her and given her. Um, and, and in a way, what they're doing is they're, they're giving away their daughter. That's still happening. They had a daughter. They have a daughter that's now going to become a man or a boy. That is still happening. They're giving her away, right, in the spirit. And so to release her, the goimas have to be eaten by the mohirega. That has to be a big party. And this party will be put together by this single mother. And then the other thing that, that she would do is of the list of these things we call maha, the, the suit nowadays is a suit. Back in the day it was gedi, um, the dress for the mother, many of these items, the mashuka, many of these items would still be brought to her mother and her father. And those are actual the actual things that uh, that she was saying she's going to give in order she, to receive her blessings. It is the same blessings she would have received if she got married. But now she's getting them for herself. This is what was going to happen. And now by that happening, they could put to rest the matter that they have a daughter because the young lady, this our, our single mother who may not be a young lady anymore, the, the single mother has gone to God as well and has said, God, I want to be considered a young man or a boy in order for me to. And God will honor that. And this is what we keep saying. Everything wasn't just uh, contractual. It was spiritual and God was involved in the way that we looked about it. Now, after that, it was, you know, life could move on. She had her own boma, her own home, Nyoba. She had her own compound, her own land. She could govern herself you know, and live on, you know, the way she wanted. And when her children got to a point where they are, now they were ready to be married, if it, is, if it is daughters, if they were the daughters getting married, then they would be able to say, okay, yeah, you know what? Let's look at the way now the mother of this single mother was married. Why? Because there's no girl there anymore. So they're going to look at the mother, her mother. So there's no Kiagara. Remember, we keep talking about that. You can't jump your mother. But now there's no mother in the spirit, right? So now that's what we talk. This is what it is. is a complicated and not, it's a complex spiritual matter. Um, and it was a one-way street for the most part. You could not then come back later on and say, okay, now I want to get married, right? So put me back into being a woman so that now I can go ahead and be married. Uh, it's not impossible, but it, that, those kinds of things never used to happen. They were very rare. It was a one-way street. You made a decision. You want to become this way, and you've, that change was 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 processed, and it was a done deal. Let me add something to to this uh, discussion. You know, you know this whole uh, process of kohoya kiradimo and the meruru process. It, it's so nuanced because. You know, one, 
each you know in pre-colonial uh agekoyo culture each muhereka had their own ways of going about even the process of rorashio they had they would ask for different things if you went for to some family some bodies had their own different uh things they would ask for uh so you know even this process of 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 kohoya uh, kiradimo is very very nuanced based on moherega based on uh how it was done in in the moherega before so it's not there's no we don't want to say that there's a template for doing it you know we're just kind of talking about the philosophy of it so you can understand the reason that the woman is hoyaing kohoya kiradimo is because her children you know need this blessing and be able they need to have fatherhood and they also need when they grow up for them to have sort of a clean slate to operate from thank you i think that was uh really really good really helpful any final thoughts here like anything we want to say to close out kind of this discussion Yeah, I, I do want to say that this is not um just like what Eki said, this is not a simple um issue. We we kind of here we dug into an area that um is not mainstream. Uh you it's not something that's discussed often. Uh it is a has a lot of technicalities. So anyone who's interested in anything like this there needs to be a lot of consultation and um you know the best thing like we always say is find those elders in your community in your family consult them widely you know if you want to engage in these kinds of issues uh they still happen today uh but you know you you you, you know it's a weighty subject um and not something that used to happen every day but we understand that today um you know being where we are as a community being having those kinds of numbers that we have of single parents that some of these things will can be seen by some parties as uh resolutions or that can be helpful so let us continue to dig into uh understanding these uh, institutions so that perhaps there's a solution for someone out there Uh, that's 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 really important especially from a from a agricultural institutional perspective you know i do think that you know i hope that our listeners uh understand how you know sexual education was taught to young men and young women and how it helped prevent premarital pregnancy and broken families and single motherhood and single fatherhood you know i, I do hope that we can be able to study that more and and you know maybe help the next generation building uh strong institutions for our families strong institutional knowledge to help the next generations that will come after us okay well thank you so much wayaki thank you kingori this was a very educational uh discussion and we certainly have appreciated your perspective and your insight in terms of our pre-colonial culture particularly on the issues of single parenthood and certainly the idea of goiko was very delicious in terms of our discussion so thank you both and we shall see you all later bye guys 
Thank you for listening and for joining us on this journey where we honor our history, where we honor our heritage, where we honor our ancestors. We are grateful. You can find Matire Gemi on social media, which is Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also find us on Clubhouse, where we will occasionally host some live discussions following some of our episodes. We look forward to seeing you. Our website is matire-gemi.simplecast.com. Our email is matire.gemi at gmail.com. And this podcast is hosted, produced, and contributed to by Wayaki Yeshanga, Kingori Kanyi, and Jerry Diho. Thank you. And please share this widely.